Welcome to episode 11. Say. I was trying to not give you the chance Onse to say that. Say of undrafted amateurs. How, say that again. Onsay. Onsay, don't say. Don't say on my own. Say. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I feel like when I'm talking a foreign language, I'm like an actor, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, like me, a me Z list amor. actor. Yeah. Like it's like, uh, muy caliente, mamacita. Mm. Si. Caliente wasn't bad. Thank you. In this weekend, overall, we had the players, Ooh, we had NCAA weekend. basketball conference tournaments, mm -hmm. and then we had the Oscars last night. But before that, more importantly, what did you do this weekend? Oh, little, uh, little Shamrock the Block, little, little Gold's Gym, a couple mm, times. Still less wilty. Sauna? Man, I'm telling you what, that sauna, it's so nice because I just like put on a relaxing sound and I do Do you some play spa breathing. music? It's called like calming music, literally. I like looked up calming music on Spotify. Um, but it was good, man. Just kind of got a chance to, I felt like, relax a little bit after last, like, I feel like the last 14 days have been just a sprint. absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it was really good. I, Sunday, I just put everything away. Nice. And uh, went to church and just hung out and just kind of got some me time. That's cool. Which is good. What about nice. you? Nice. Uh, we were up in Baltimore visiting my cousin and his wife, and it was awesome. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you weren't in Golds. I wasn't in Golds. So they their house is downtown or like kind of like edge downtown suburb. Good area, so we though? Can, yeah, great area. We Good. can walk everywhere. Everyone's it's, concerned about that with Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's just like any city. Like it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. But it was it was awesome. We just walked around, hung out. It was, it was a fun balance of fun and relaxing. Oh, cool. Like just... There's something about exploring a new city to me. Yeah. I don't really care what city it is. I just like being able to walk around. Yeah, and that's cool. See things. And so, yeah. It was well, what's your favorite part of the weekend? Or the favorite like 30 minute segment? Ooh, that's a good question. I have no idea though. Could just be like just hanging out. Could I think be it's like just a restaurant. Out. Could be a, you know, breakfast. Doesn't Watched matter. Outer Banks finale for the second time. Oh, number two? Number two. With your cousin and his wife? Yep. Oh, that's fine. Yep, yep. I watched episode eight three times. Wow. That's dedication. That's dedication. Are you a big Outer Banks guy? Yeah. Yeah. Did, have we talked about Outer Banks yet? A little bit. Full, full recap yet? Not the full Here's, recap. But. I'm going to give, I'm going to go in for 30 seconds here. Okay. Is it a super cheesy, dumb TV show? Absolutely. No. Do I love it? And would I watch it three times in a row? Absolutely. Because the reason I watch TV is to be entertained. And Outer Banks does that for me. I love treasure. I love a little like a rom-com romance type mm. story. I love adventure. It's just everything that I want to watch in a TV show. And I don't care if it's cheesy at times because I enjoy it. I, and every everyone who tries to deny that also does because think about how many people have watched it in oh, the first yeah. like, two weeks. It has well, been think out. about how many people watch stupid, cheesy reality TV shows. Think about that. Whoever watches reality TV shows, I'm judging. I'm, I'm a judger of those. Just saying. My girlfriend watches a lot of it. Look, if you're entertained by the thing that you're watching to be entertained, then who am I to judge it? It's a good point. But the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Clearly, that's the end of us talking about our <laughs> <Yeah>. weekend. <laughs> no one wants to listen to us anymore. Uh, so the Oscars were last night. And first thing I'm gonna say about it is they are too long and boring. Yeah. I, I tried watch watching it. at the beginning and I just it goes on so long. It does. Jimmy Kimmel yeah. was hosting, he did a good job. He even made fun of how long it is several times. How long is it? Three hours? It might be even four because yeah. we started, it started I, at eight. We watched until nine 30 or nine. Yeah. And it was like halfway off. through stuff. Yeah. Um, but everything everywhere all at once. 
and All Quiet on the Western Front, neither of which movie have I seen, and both of them were just cleaning the floor. I have seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Was that, that the, was did we talk movie. about that a few? That was the war movie. Yeah. The one, um, I think it was Germany, where it was based in. I watched it like a month or two ago. Yeah, it looked really good. I just haven't watched it yet. It won a lot of awards. And then yeah. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I haven't seen, also won I have not a ton of that, awards. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you thought overall, though, too long and boring. Yeah, too long and boring. Hmm. Uh, I did see that Top Gun and Wakanda Forever had some wins, which was huge because of it didn't. Didn't Top Gun win like best sound or something? Yeah, it was or? best sound. And then Wakanda Forever had best uh, costume design and okay. a few other ones along the way. Yeah. But those were probably my two favorite movies from the year. And so yeah. I would have been a little so upset. So I, were they really? You saw, I didn't see Wakanda, but Top Gun was good. Well, you haven't seen any Marvel movies apparently. No, I haven't. Yeah. I literally haven't. I'm still like, going to catch you on I'm still going to catch you on that. Uh, we should, uh, I should do a binge, but what I've realized in the last like year or two, because I used to hate movies because I think subconsciously I thought it was very unproductive. To watch a movie? Yeah. Because like I, I hated to re relax apparently, which I'm slowly finding out about myself. And when I would relax, I'd feel bad for relaxing. So it wasn't really relaxing. What would you do instead? I would try to like do something during a movie, like work or like. Did you something. do anything to relax in general? I guess you played golf, but that uh -huh. felt productive because it was an activity. Yes. And would it was you, outside. Which would I you read? Like, I do read, but I only read for like a few minutes a day. And not fiction or anything? Just No, no. I, no, that's not interesting. productive. Cool. I, I literally only read like nonfiction, business uh -huh. or mindset books. I can't stand, I used to read some of those. <laughs> I can't stand them because generally the entire book could be said in a chapter that you could see and it feels like a total waste of time to me. Very true. But uh, anyway, that's to say that I'm watching more movies because I'm trying okay. to be. <laughs> You're like, now I'm a movie guy because yeah, yeah. it's productive yeah, to now watch. Now I'm trying to like. It's like, productive you know, to relax. I'm into movies now. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to reframe my mindset around a lot of things right now, actually, but that definitely being one of them. So I am trying to watch more movies. Nice. All in all. Also, um, Wakanda Forever, you know what that reminded me of? What's that? Waka Flock of Flame. What happened to him? I think he's just playing at colleges still. Mm. It's kind of where his career is. He ended had that up. one really good song. Yeah. No yeah, hands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, other news we had the Players Championship, which I know you're jazzed about. Oh, I am all, I'm jazzing all over the place Ooh. here. So, Scotty Scheffler. I, I wanted it to be more of like uh, like the honor palmer, right? When mm -hmm. there's like there's nine players within one shot on the back nine of Sunday, which is unbelievable in a golf tournament. But Scotty Scheffler ran away with this. I was watching, and the first six holes were competitive. Yeah. And then maybe hole four or five, whoever he was playing with, uh, the Australian guy, he quad not quad tripled that put him way back. And Scotty Scheffler birdied five holes in a row, I think. I think he birdied maybe, don't quote me, but like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Mm -hmm. Or maybe 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Anyway, he birdied like five holes in a row and just separated himself from the whole pack. Dang. And so by hole 12, it was over. He was up like five or six with six holes left. And you're like, at that point, it's kind of over. Um, Hatton posted a great score, though, at 65 that day. So he was in the clubhouse at 12. But anyway, that's all to say. Scotty Scheffler returns to number one ranking in the world after that win. He also won the Waste Management this year. Mm -hmm. So he's won twice already, and it's March 13th. He's been looking pretty dominant. The one, it was on in the background at uh, one of the places we were at, and I like watched him miss a putt. Just, did you see the one that was like yes. a little circle around the cul-de-sac? Yeah. Left. That was all I watched the whole tournament. But <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, speaking of kind of golf, the Dell is coming up, which is my one of my favorite tournaments of the year, the match play, mm -hmm. because it's just different. Like, they play stroke play. They play a four-day stroke play event every tournament. Hmm. It never changes. They play the same format. It's the exact same. But the Dell match play is the one tournament where they do, like, match play. So yeah. it'll be, like, Scotty Scheffler versus Roy McIlroy, and whoever wins that match advances. Huh. But the problem is, this is the last year they're doing it. And so I guess the PGA is just going straight stroke play tournaments in 2024. Interesting. Which it kind of pisses me off. Like if you if you have, I don't know how many tournaments they have in the PGA, 40 tournaments maybe. But if you have 40 tournaments and like all 40 are stroke play, like maybe don't even make it count as a PGA win. But I'm sure these guys would love to play more of like a Ryder Cup or match play. Like some of the guys even say match play is one of their favorite tournaments of the year because it's just a different Yeah, but it would atmosphere. be fun to mix it up. Yeah. So anyway, once I'm the CEO of the PGA, I'll change that around a bit. Yeah, but until you do then, that. You yeah. do that. Till then, there's not much. Continuing though with golf, Iceman's unsung hero today. I, I haven't watched it yet because oh. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to save it for a live reaction. I have not either. But it has to do with the players' tournament, so I thought this is the perfect time to put it in here. This gets me fired up. Gets Ice me Man. fired up. This weekend, the PGA Tour hosted the Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. In the top five most iconic holes in golf, you might find that number 17, the par 337 yard island hole at TPC Sawgrass is probably near the top of the list. This weekend we saw three aces from individuals who were in contention, some who were, weren't even close. Yeah, But it made me wonder, for each person on the list as having had a hole in one on that hole, who holds up the foundation as the unsung hero that holds the worst score on number 17 at TPC Sawgrass. So I did a little research. Come to find out, a guy named Bob Tway in 2005 shot a 12, a nine over. But that's not cool enough. That's just a PGA Tour guy having a bad day. There are a couple holes in my history I would love to have had a nine over on. That, that is fast. So I dug a little <laughs> further and found the name Angelo Spagnolo, who in 1986 entered Golf Digest Magazine's competition to see who the worst avid golfer is or was in America. Golf Digest has these players out to TPC Sawgrass, of course, a professional course, to see who might take the cake. After 16 holes, Spagnolo was 104 over, and he stepped into the 17th tee box. <laughs> and fair enough to say he hits the ball into the water, hits another one into the water, and then goes into the relief zone and proceeds to hit another 25 balls into the water, <laughs> making for a total of 27 into the drink. Angelo Spagnolo did finally finish the hole, where he walked away with a 66, <laughs> which is four strokes higher than the course record that was also set this, this weekend. This weekend. Here's to you, Angelo Spagnolo, making the rest of us golfers feel a little bit better about the next bad hole we have. That's because incredible. Because you're this week's unsung hero. That is incredible. And then we've got a little, the video of it. Oh, please. Angelo it. Spagnolo, a 31-year-old <laughs> store manager from Fayette City, Pennsylvania. It was the <laughs> crucial moment that the much-celebrated 17th, a hole where fortunes have been won and lost. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> that one was solid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no, it just rolls it across the it's green the right there. It's because the greens are so fast. He can't get yeah. high enough. It's oh, like a 40-yard chip for my guy. Ball to the water and 
Angelo made a 12-footer oh. for a 66. The day belonged to Angelo Spagnolo with an 18 What a guy. 257. Way to go, Angelo. Iceman's not wrong. This makes me feel like a way better golfer. And 57. That's what he shot. 66 on one hole. So on 18, though, he must have had another, like, plus 70. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, he was coming in at, what was it, 150? Like, something like that. Some, I don't know. That is wild, though. Wow. And he made the 12-footer for the 66. <laughs> that was my favorite That's what part. I can do. <laughs> he made the 12-footer for the 66. That is incredible. It just goes to show. And I... What they were doing, they were playing like legit golf. I imagine you couldn't move the ball. You had to retee and you had to play like, mm -hmm. you know, play the provisional and do everything correctly by golf terms. Yeah. You know how many times when people are playing golf, we'll just drop here. Yeah. Or drop here. Yeah. Instead of like hitting another. Like, yeah. I, I am willing to bet if you're like uh, a 15 handicap, mm -hmm. right? And you play not even like a course like TPC. Maybe you just play like a course you've never seen that has some OB and it's like a difficult course. Yeah. You wouldn't break 110, maybe 120 if you actually played like like pros play, for example, like reteed a lost ball and like all that type of stuff. For a 15 handicap, mm -hmm. it depends because it all depends on like how you normally keep scores at 15. I just know how hard it was like for me because I played in high school and just the, the difference between like playing with your buddies versus like playing in a tournament. Oh, with the pressure is a whole different. Yeah. So with pressure, hole 17 – $10 million to land it on the green, one year in jail if you hit it in the water. Would you do it? No. You wouldn't. Even as a two handicap, no you shot. You wouldn't. There's no shot I would you do You wouldn't. Well, it's, it's short. It's only 135 yards, mm -hmm. but I am known to pull one left. Yeah, but $10 million. But a year in jail. $10 million. I'm a risk averse. I mean, I take calculated risk. That is not the calculated risk I'm going to take. What if you could figure out a way to hedge it, though? Oh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's true. Split it with people. They'll pay you a million dollars if you go to the jail for a year. Like, I'd go to jail for a year for a million dollars. Would you? Yeah. Would, Would you not? No way. You wouldn't go to jail for a year for a million dollars? Absolutely not. Why? Uh, there's a lot of reasons, I feel like. <laughs> you, you are a little smaller. <laughs> I get cold easy. You get cold easy? You think you'd be prey? <laughs> well, on that note. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that's a whole another argument. I don't know. <laughs> that is, yeah, we, we I don't know if we want to go there. Yeah, but NCAA conference championships were the, or tournaments were this week. Yep. Uh, we have for the Power Five because who really cares about outside of that? Very ACC, true. Duke won. Well, Gonzaga. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. who cares about the whole tournaments as a yeah, whole? Yeah. It's just like the teams outside of Power Five. Duke won the ACC. Purdue won Big Ten. Texas won Big Twelve. Arizona won the Pac twelve, and then. Shocker here, Alabama won the SEC. They're solid. They are this year. a basketball school. This year, they are solid at basketball. They're very solid at basketball. E uh, even if they have people. And I was shocked Duke won the ACC. They came out of nowhere the back half of the season. Were they the one or two seed for the ACC? Do you know? I know they were favored against Virginia by two and a half that in the championship game. But I don't know if they were the one seed going in the tournament. We've got obviously March Madness coming up. Are you gonna do a bracket for that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love doing at least a couple. I just know nothing about college basketball this year. Like, this year, yeah. I used to, dude. When I was in high school and stuff, I would know. I feel like when I was in high school, I would know. I don't know how, but I just knew everything about sports. It's that's. I mean, 
it's fair because you didn't watch movies, so you could just do that. But NFL, baseball, yeah. even NBA, I knew. Ba college basketball just changes so quickly because mm -hmm. players aren't here as long. Like it's moving one and, in and done out. too. So it's it's like if you blink or you don't miss or like you miss one season, it's tough to to come yeah, back. It was to cool that. to see John Shire though, because uh, I used to watch him. I think it was in, when I was in middle school or high school because he was a beast uh, guard for Duke hmm. in 2010, maybe. That's pretty solid. But he's the head coach because he took over for Coach K yeah. last year. And in his first season, he I don't think he ever lost to Cameron. Or maybe they didn't. I don't know. I knew there's a point like a month ago where he hadn't lost a home game all season. Yeah. And then also he won the AC championship, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So now let's dive, let's dive into the Silicon Valley Bank. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. About how, uh, yeah, it was like- It was the second largest in US history. Yeah, and over 50% of startups in the United States have some form of either deposit or loan or some type of deal with Silicon Valley Bank. 50%. Over 50%. Of startups? Yep. Wow. In the United States. Wow. So, yeah, dude, I saw this. And at first, knee-jerk reaction, mm -hmm. like most people, I'm like, we're going under. The economy. <laughs> it's like 2007 all yeah. over again. Um, but yeah, the fact that like it- it went under. That was a huge deal. Yeah. That was wild. So obviously massive. Then no federal bailout. And they came in and said that they weren't going to do anything there. Shareholders are not going to be protected. And it senior management was removed. But then it, like anyone who deposited money will still have access to the money. So. That's what I didn't understand. So I read like five articles on this. Yeah. Right? Not one article mentioned how they're going to have access to their money. Mm -hmm. Like, they should go to a random, like, J.P. Morgan or random Chase and then just, just hey, I was at Silicon Valley. I need $500,000 of unsecured. Because, you know, up to $250,000, uh -huh. it's it's secured by the FDIC. But anything above $250,000 is unsecured, which means, like, technically they could lose it. That's why mm -hmm. everyone was freaking out Thursday, Friday. Yeah, so, but access to all of their money. So it, what's happened with the plus 250? Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, over two fifty. Yeah. yeah, so I'm saying like if, if it's just say I'm a startup, which I am, and I have six hundred thousand dollars with Silicon Valley Bank. So what what happens to the other three hundred fifty thousand? Where do I pull that out at? Yeah. That's what I couldn't like. No one would say. I don't remember the exact term, but it was literally billions of dollars that was uninsured. This this kind of surprised me a little bit, like that everyone's so calm about it. Like everyone kind of at first was a little panicky, and then once they said depositors would have access to all their money, everyone kind of calmed down. But like, at the same time, this is the only other time this has happened that's been bigger than this is 2007 or 2008. I think it was Washington yeah. Bank, maybe. <clears throat> they went under. And this is like, this is a pretty big ordeal. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see the shakeup in the next three, six, 12 months. Uh, what are like the ripple effects of this? So I'd be curious, like you said, just to see, like we can speculate right now, but. Who knows? Just thought yeah. that was an interesting thing that happened this weekend. That, like you said, people kind of calm about it. Yeah. So when there's so much, like I don't know, it was pretty interesting. What I also want to touch though was on the NHL. We got to shout out my buddy Scott here for a second. His Boston Bruins are the fastest of 50 wins ever mm -hmm. in NHL history. And I, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go on record. Yep. And say I'm now a Boston Bruins fan. All right. So you joined the Eagles this year. You yep. joined the Boston Bruins this year. Yeah. I'm starting to see a trend. Yeah. I'm Whoever's starting to see a trend. winning, I'm all in, right? And then double down on it until they lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. But they're on fire, dude. And um, Yeah, they do look pretty solid. So 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, like, honestly, if if the stars or someone like anyone can kind of compete with them this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it, I always have this feeling, though, with sports teams where if they have such a good regular season, they're going to screw up somewhere in the playoffs. I don't know if it's as much as they're going to not. Like, any team can get hot in the playoffs. and Very true. Any team can beat any team in a series. and Well, okay, for the most part, any team right. can. So it's not as much of, like, a choking, which I think it's often thought of by a team that's doing really well in the regular season, and more of, like, you can just have an off night while someone else is hot. Yeah. And, like, that's just what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. Where, like, you should win it. You are the better team, but stuff can still happen, which Man, is kind of tough. That but. really happens, too, in baseball. Yeah, oh, both of those. Goodness. And then football, obviously, when it's one game, you can lose it. But in the NFL, which is a perfect segue there, free agent moves, some of those are happening. I don't feel like it's – there's not as many players happening, like as many moves happening in the league this offseason. Carr obviously went to the Saints. Yep. Which I think – I think that was probably a good move for everyone involved. I think so, too. I think it's going to make the Saints obviously a contender in one of the worst divisions in football. Unless Panthers The NFC South is trash. Sub 500 this year. I got a lot of thoughts. I've read so many articles on the Panthers ever since they traded. Yeah, we definitely need to hop in that trade in a minute. But But, uh, I don't know about the car trade. I think everyone overreacted about that. What do you mean? Like overreacted good or bad? Like good to the Saints. They were like, oh, Derek Carr to the Saints. This is going to make Saints a contender. Well, not a contender. Well, I guess technically if you're in the playoffs, you're a contender. They're just going to make them a playoff team. They're not going to go to the top. But – yeah. Taysom Hill versus Derek Carr. Like. Oh, it's it's definitely a little bit of an upgrade. I just don't think Derek Carr is like is that good of a quarterback. So I think that he has we've seen his ceiling in Vegas, but I think that he is solid. Like he's definitely his floor is so much higher than what they've had in a while. Agreed. So he's gonna make them a good playoff team. He's not gonna make them a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I would be That's shocked true. if it does. Yeah. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers, there's still question marks. It seems like the Jets. Jets. That's Jets what I keep coming. hearing. I have seen some Vegas stuff. Oh. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously way more Jets, but I saw at one point that maybe he wanted to go to Vegas, which, you know, that's my prediction a few episodes ago. So Was it? Yeah. Oh. When I said that Tom Brady was going to the 49ers, <laughs> oh, which yeah, yeah. who knows? Maybe he still will. <laughs> uh, who knows? It's not over. <laughs> yeah. But it seems, I think, I think the Packers are going to move on from them. They need Agreed, to. Agreed, 100%. So probably Jets, maybe Vegas, though. I'm still holding on to that one. Yeah. And then Lamar Jackson received the non-exclusive franchise tag. So I think it's a little interesting watching this situation right now because Lamar Jackson is definitely one of the top quarterbacks, an MVP sure. winner. Yep. I think – that the deals with Russell Wilson yep. and Kyler Murray are really hurting him right now. Yeah. Where they started to set a precedent, but then half of the big deals have essentially gone under for the team. Yeah. And so you're you're seeing a lot of teams being very nervous to keep that trend going. They're like, mm-hmm. we're starting to set the precedent, but if it's not working, we don't really want to establish it. Right. And I think that's why they did the non-exclusive tag so that they can shop around a little bit and then not overpay, still have the opportunity to match whatever offer he gets. Yeah. But then the other problem with Lamar is he's not as much of a plug-and-play quarterback. You have to build your whole scheme and hold offense around him. So I think that's why we're not seeing a ton of interest from other teams with him too. Even though he's a quality quarterback. Yeah. I feel like we're going to – I'm starting to think he's going to stay in Baltimore. So I agree. 
I 100% agree with what you said because there's actually some rumors about the Panthers before they traded. Mm -hmm. And Falcons, which and I got Falcons. shut down by Art. Yep. But like, I, I think you're right. I think it, like you have to build a specific scheme around Lamar. He's mm -hmm. not like someone who you can just like throw in there and then, you know, he'll learn the, he'll learn the, uh, the plays and the game plan and then just, you know, be ready kind of week one, week two. He, he's one of those guys you really got to build because it's such a running offense. Um, and obviously you got to train the offensive line like that. And it's a whole. And it, it's great if it does work. But if that's not where you're trying to build to, right. then it wouldn't make sense to go bring in, do a Russell Wilson deal, and then have it go under. Yeah, exactly. So, It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds mm -hmm. in the unfolds. next couple months. So then Panthers trade down to number one. I could make a thirty or a three-hour episode on this. Well, give me your 30-second thoughts instead. 60 seconds, yes. I'm starting the timer. Right now you have 60 seconds. Go. Knee-jerk reaction, I was pissed off because they gave up two first, two seconds. Right. And DJ Moore, who's, who's a great athlete, but the more I kind of like let it digest. And the more I thought it over, I was like, if they get their franchise QB, I do like the trade. If they don't, I hate them forever. That's the thing. It's like, this is a huge trade. They get, they gave away a lot of picks and DJ Moore, but it's like, they really feel like they're in a position to win now. And they feel like if they get this QB, they have a chance to win. The best part is the Frank Reich, the head coach, and the Tepper, the owner, they've never had a good QB to build around. So they're very hungry. And I think that's the reason for the trade. But also, they apparently, reports say they differ on who they want to pick. I did see that. How funny is that? You trade up for the first pick and you don't even, you don't even know as an organization. Boom, 60 Boom. seconds. Well done. Well done there. I, okay. I get, get what you're saying about the difference of opinions. I think that part of that might be played up because I think a lot of times organizations, they try to see how fan bases are going to react because it's mm. also part of a game. Like it is. If you, or same thing is if you have a current player and like maybe they, like one of their moves that the agents tell them about is like, hey, I'm going to delete all the pictures of the team on my Instagram account and then see how fans react and I can use that as a leveraging power in the front office. So I'm curious to see if that's part of it. But here's here's my my initial thought on it. And I'll go see if I can do this in 30 seconds. You can't know if a pick's going to pay out or Correct. not. Like at one point you just have to decide now if it does, you're really happy. Like you said, if not, you hate them forever, but you can't do that because they don't know it now. I was bummed about DJ Moore because I like him, but at the same time, receivers are much easier to find than quarterbacks. I think he's a great receiver, but like he's replaceable. And so at the end of the day, I kind of like that they're making a move at least. I like that they're doing something. I agree. I now they gave up a ton. Like they gave up They gave up too much, I think. They gave up a t obviously a top 10 pick this year. They traded mm -hmm. this flopped. And then I guarantee it's going to be a top 10 pick next year, right? Based on where they finished this year. And then two two second round picks. Like if they're if they really feel like they're in a position to win now, fine. So here's where I disagree. I don't think it's for winning now. Because they're going, how can we build a really good, they want to do what the Bills did a few years ago when they like got rid of everyone. I remember when they got rid of Sammy Watkins, everyone's like, what are you doing? They get Josh sure. Allen, they start building. They're trying to build a team that can last, that can become the Chiefs in 10 years, in five to 10 years, yeah. maybe sooner. Where I think this is where you get rid of people like Christian McCaffrey because he's amazing. He's going to be a winner for the next four or five years, 
then he's gonna be on the wrong side of 30, right. which is tough for running backs. DJ Moore is gonna be getting up there. And so they're trying to figure out how can we build a team off of it, which is why they're going here. I'm a little interested and I don't wanna get into players too much yeah. because that'll be our next segment. And also I wanna talk about it in upcoming weeks. From most people's opinions, next draft class is going to be a lot stronger for quarterbacks than this one. Yeah. So, and, and, and if you're not sold on it, to your point of like if Reich and Tepper disagree, it's also two things. It's also so funny how now the hype is getting more because the drafts are here. Yeah. Now they're calling them the big four quarterbacks. No. When like six months ago, they were like, what a weak draft class. And then yeah. now they're like the big four, you know? <laughs> well, I will say of the draft class, they're definitely no, four. For sure. And then there's no more. But, and the but, last thing I'll add before we move on. Yeah. Is I one part that people don't talk about a lot <clears throat> is if the team picks correctly and that they develop the quarterback within five years, mm -hmm. like they essentially win the lottery because they're paying very little for a great quarterback and they can really build it. Like Jalen Hurts has done with the yep. Philadelphia Eagles when they can pay other people. Even what's looking like might happen with Justin Fields. Like, yes. So that's where you just don't know, though. So, yeah. If you can't say hindsight's 2020, so well, when it pays out, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's the, like you have to shoot. The your problem shot. is though, if they pick someone like a Baker Mayfield equivalent or something like that doesn't pan out to be like that franchise QB, yeah. they're not gonna be good. What's happening downstairs? They're not, they're <laughs> not gonna be good for a long time. I wonder if it's coming through the podcast. If you can, they are starting construction right beneath our feet. So that's what's happening there. I agree at that point though. Let's just hope they pick correctly though. As a Panthers fan, because if they pick someone like a Baker Mayfield or like not a fran a good franchise QB, they are not going to be good for the next six, seven, eight years at yeah. least. Because they gave, you know, they gave away. And I don't think it's a move to pick someone that's going to be a good first year contract guy. Because I, I do think there's some. But then picking the right one mm -hmm. leads me to this next segment, which <laughs> we're doing the top team challenge, where we've got teams one through four. We argue top to bottom, which one is the best. So right now we've got the 2023 draft class on the board right now. I've got a quarterback, the big four quarterbacks, a running back, a receiver, and then a defender. We've got, I guess, an inside guy and then three edges. So team one is Anthony Richardson, Jameer Gibbs, Quentin Johnston, and Jalen Carter. Team two, CJ Stroud, Devin A-Chain, Zay Flowers, and Tyree Wilson. Team three, we've got Will Levis, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Hyatt, Lucas Van Ness. And then team four, Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, and then Will Henderson Jr. What, what you name. laughing at? Jackson That's Smith good and pronunciation. Jigba. Pronunciation. Onse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to kick us off with who do you think is team four on this list? What is the worst team up here? On morals or on like football ability? On if you're drafting. So I'm going to go kind of a little off the wall here uh -huh. as the worst one. But I think Team 4. You think Team 4 is the worst one? Yes. And the reason Explain I say yourself. that... yourself. It's kind of the sole reason where I think Bryce Young is overhyped. Why do you think he's overhyped? I think his abilities... Like, first of all, he's listed as six feet. I don't know he's how... He's 5'10 and 8. Yeah. I don't know how true the six-foot listing is. So 5'10 and 8. Traditionally, quarterbacks under six foot... Never make it in the NFL. Now, there has been quote unquote exceptions. We have Kyler Murray. It's like you could a legit NFL QB. But all in all, I hate to say it, but I don't think Bryce Young is gonna it's gonna be a good NFL quarterback. I think you're wrong. But teach your own. 
I'm going to go in fourth place is team three. Will Levis, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Hyatt, Lucas Van Ness. Zach Charbonnet is a solid running back. I think he's comparable with the other ones up here. Jalen Hyatt obviously won the Belindikoff, but I don't think he's as good as the other receivers or won't be as good in the NFL. And then Lucas Van Ness had a solid combine. They're all solid here. Will Levis, I think he has a lot of potential, but I think he has the lowest floor of all the quarterbacks up here. He might be the biggest bust. Oh, like he has the potential of becoming the biggest bust because I think he has the lowest floor. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. So for me, team three is three, okay. right? I agree. I think Will Levis, he's got the potential to be a good NFL quarterback, but he also has the lowest floor. So I agree with you there. Um, I like Lucas Van Ness. I just think the kid's got swagger. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I think team three is put it in its rightful place of three. I think that's fair. The one thing I'll add to about Will Levis is so much of his dr- like his potential is coming from the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Like most draft experts are saying, you got to look past 2022 and go back in time, which I think shows that he has like a lower floor too. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're having to go back in time. Yeah. Team two for me is in third place. Devin A-Chain is ridiculously fast, but I don't think he's going to be a complete NFL running back. You're not going to make people miss the way you do in college. You have to break tackles. Zay Flowers is a good receiver, but I don't think he's as good as Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston. And then Tyree Wilson is solid, but I, I would also put him as the third remaining defensive lineman. So then it goes back to CJ Stroud, who I think he's very accurate, but I don't think he has the it factor. And I don't think this whole team has the it factor, which is why I'm putting him in third place. So that leaves my championship to... Team one, team two. Mm. One and two. What do you think here? I am actually going to go straight down the line. Okay. Uh, so I think team two is runner-up just because I think C.J. Stroud is very accurate. And I do think the Panthers are going to pick him number one overall. And I, as a Panthers fan, I do believe that he's going to be a franchise QB. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to hope that. Um, I think, like you said, everyone else is kind of – Comparable, um, but pretty much just based on CJ Stroud being a franchise QB. Okay. Uh, but I don't think they're better than Team One overall. Anthony Richardson, his ceiling seems to get higher and higher as the days go by. Um, so he could be an absolute dog in the NFL, Cam Newton esque. Um, also, Quentin Johnson is a beast. And so is Jalen Carter, despite everything going on. So I think Team One overall takes it. Okay. My championship, team one, team four. I'm going to run down this. Anthony Richardson, I was at first thinking of him as a very low floor, potential high ceiling. Like he has a lot of pieces in place to be a great quarterback. I'm starting to think though that his floor is way higher than I thought. He's such a freak athlete where I saw something that he had a faster 40 than C.D. Lamb, bigger hands than DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's taller than George Kittle. Like he's a stud. Mm -hmm which makes me think that he's going to be able to come in and be productive on some level. His passing game might not be there, but like he's still going to have a good running game. They're going to be able to move the ball with him. So uh, that's why I think that he's a higher floor guy than I was originally thinking. Jameer Gibbs is a really good running back. Quentin Johnston, like he said, I mean, he's got a great frame. I think he's going to be a very good NFL receiver. Jalen Carter is a total dog, especially if you exclude anything off the field. But then team four, you've got Will Anderson, also incredible edge, pretty comparable to Jalen Carter, although I'd give it a little bit to Jalen Carter. Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the best receiver up here, I think. It's close, though, between him and Quentin Johnston. Yeah. Bijan Robinson, though, is the best backup here. 
I think he's going to make an awesome NFL back. And Bryce Young, I think the only real argument against him is size. And we all know size doesn't matter. <laughs> I think... Fair enough. <laughs> I think that Bryce Young is... He has such a good presence. He has the ability to make plays outside of the pocket that we see from Patrick Mahomes. His football IQ is is just off the charts. He's doing things in the SEC, which you're going against defenses like Georgia, where all of these guys are going to the NFL. Yeah. So good. So it's like his ability to do that against defenses translates better to the NFL than I think if it was coming from Ohio State like CJ Stroud. I think his arm strength is a lot better than people give him credit for for being a smaller guy. Like I think he did more with less at Alabama than Mac Jones did. So I think he should go number one. I think he should be the one that the Panthers wow. draft. Um, at Couldn't the end of the day, yeah, I'm happy for you. <laughs> so I think that he should go number one. I think that team four takes it. I think that team four is the winner, team two being close behind. Gotcha. You think Bryce Young's going to be better than Kyler Murray? Yes. Interesting. They said the same thing about Kyler Murray growing up, or when he was, he was a freak athlete, strong arm, accurate passer. I think that Kyler Murray, like he even showed that he can do that in the NFL. I think Kyler Murray has more of a trouble with like the decision making, the decision making in the mental aspect and being like the solid team player that's easy to work with. If he is, I think he could be one of the best quarterbacks right mm. now. I think Bryce Young has so much of Kyler Murray. Um, but so much more. Like I think he has more potential. Gotcha. So I just said team four is four. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? I picked him as my winner, and you picked him last place. Well, we'll say, picked it completely based on I think Bryce Young's a bust. Interesting. I don't think Bryce Young will bust. I think that he has the highest floor because he has an ability to get lanes and things that that Baker Mayfield hasn't he doesn't really yeah. retreat in the pocket unless he needs to he just seems like a much more intentional like sharp football player than baker problem is what i realized too especially because i'm a big baker guy is the problem with those quarterbacks is their passes get batted down in line of scrimmage to the nfl all the time but you can make the argument that someone like a kyler murray gets outside the pocket and doesn't have to deal with that which you can make the same argument for bryce young but now you're telling me that my quarterback can no longer be a pocket passer or a less effective pocket passer. He has to get out of the uh, out of the pocket in order to complete a pass, which I just don't think works well in the NFL. I don't think it's I think it's both hand. That by getting outside, you change running lanes when you're passing inside the pocket. You know what I mean? Like you have to be treated different. So you're gonna get different lanes. You have to think about passes more. I just don't think that height is the biggest determinant of what's going to make a good quarterback. I would so much rather have a quarterback that's super mentally sharp, that mm -hmm. understands football, that knows how to make plays wherever than someone who can throw over a defensive lineman. Yeah, to. I agree. Like height is not the sole determinant if you just be an NFL quarterback. The problem is you're literally talking about the best top 10, I would call them top 10 athletes in the world almost. Like you have to have everything from athleticism to mental toughness to strength to like quick decision, like you have to have kind of the whole package mentally and physically as a quarterback. Problem is, if you're under six feet, you take away a big physicality factor. And I'm not saying you had to be six feet or six two or six four to be a good NFL quarterback. It does hurt though. Oh, it hurts for sure. My thing though is that an NFL quarterback is expected to do so much. Yeah. Everyone talks about they're like the PhD level position out yeah. there. Yeah. So 
if someone has all of these other factors, but they lack the height, why, like, are you really willing to say that the height outweighs everything else? Like if you're better at 99 things on the list, but you're shorter than this other guy, are you willing to miss out on a potential? Okay, let's put it this way. Say that Bryce Young has the potential to be like a Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he does, but say that he does. Are you willing to miss out on picking him because he was two inches shorter? And you went with someone who you didn't see the same ceiling with, but was two inches taller. Would you, as anyone who didn't pick Patrick Mahomes, be like, oh man, because he wasn't taller? You know what I mean? I don't know. It definitely is a bigger risk taking Bryce Young, even even with the attributes. I really do believe Really? Mm -hmm. I don't think CJ Stroud is going to be that good. Well... I mean, you can make the argument for any quarterback up there. That, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're kind of like picking a four-leaf clover, essentially. So you yeah. could. That's true. That is what the draft is. Yeah. Um, and, and as we've said in the past, like it's very hard to get very hard an elite superstar quarterback most of the time because they, they have to have so like they have to have so much. And then once you get in the league, all the right things have to pan out past that. Right. All right, Florida man, you Here got go. the biggest lead. You're six and four. Six for four. Pretty solid. Story number one. A birthday party in the suburbs of Orlando went awry when Mickey Mouse wasn't who people <laughs> thought he was. Partway through the party, Mickey asked to use the restroom and disappeared. Ten minutes later, he was found stuck in the bedroom window trying to escape with a bag of stolen items. This is where the story really took a turn. When a few of the dads at the party removed the mascot head, they were startled at what they saw. The Florida man had tattooed and disfigured his face to look like Mickey Mouse. Disfigured his face? So I'm assuming like plastic surgery and things like that. Wow. Okay. Um, story number two, just outside Orlando, a Florida man wearing a bull onesie and his accomplice broke into a home and begun to steal some items. They covered the home security camera with a towel for privacy and left a burning pot of ragu sauce near the stove's burner to start a fire to cover their tracks. Meanwhile, the man whose home was being burglarized received an alert from his security app and when he saw the camera was covered, immediately called police. When police arrived at the home, they saw a red SUV trying to flee the residence. Although the burglars claimed they were at the home to pick up clothes, police found a TV, a vacuum, and an empty jar of ragu sauce inside the vehicle. Wow. Okay. So a lot to unpack here. <laughs> a lot to unpack here. You can ask, I'll give you like 20 seconds of questions. Uh, no, I don't need that. Okay. I don't need that Good, because... You made up story one because it's not as descriptive as story two. Story two is more descriptive and it's copied. Therefore, story two is the real one and story one is the one you made up. Dang. Story one is made up. Let's go, man. Uh, it's not on. copied though. Like I wrote it out. It just, um, I was trying to trick you with the <laughs> descriptive piece because sometimes I'll throw in made up details to trick you off because I of know. That. So I thought that being less it just sounds like you made story like i went with the gut i went, yeah, with, the went gut with the again, gut and it sounds this like this is the you biggest story you've had you've got a three game lead seven for four dude my gut is just telling me the right answers here i don't know yeah you you need to go back to your mind so i, I can mean, just dance around and treat you like a little puppet you got the video no i don't have the video uh, it's like the bull onesie would have been yeah. hilarious if they saw hilarious um, so then real quick growth mindsets. We didn't do it last week with, with the guest oh, on, which love the, uh, the episode of JP. If you haven't Great watched episode. it, listen to it. You should definitely go back. Just an awesome dude. And it was a really cool conversation, but my last one was to text and just reach out to friends more. I did that. Some would love to continue doing that, but my main one, 
I'm trying to get fit. I got to get my diet mm. better. Got to get my diet better, get exercise up. So that, You better that's be glad goal. I didn't give you a donut then. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't do that. Uh, suggestion though, I would, I would give you for the text and the friends. And I didn't even finish this, but mm -hmm. uh, I read somewhere you could do like a 27-day challenge. Mm -hmm. or 20 sorry 26 day challenge because there's 26 letters in the alphabet yeah and every day like go through the a or like first day go through the a's in your contacts and see who you want to reach out to second day b's no that's a great c's. point some of mine is like you, i don't know about you but i naturally think about friends that i've had mm -hmm. like uh, or not has like current friends that just will pop in my head and that's when i want to do a better job of when they're in my head to like text them you right. know what i mean where it's like I'm already thinking about them. Like, it's great to reach out to other people, but the people, right. like, you can't keep up with everyone. And so the people that I, like, genuinely am thinking about and want to reach out to, just, like, texting them. Yeah. That, that's kind of the transition point where just, I don't, it's so easy to to be like, oh, I'll text them later or I'll think about it. It's like, no, like, you text them now. Text them now. So Take that's kind seconds. of a, Yeah, so it's not, like, as much of a hack to add this thing. It's more of just, again, when you're thinking about people reaching out. So still want to do that, but but this week I got to get fit. Yeah. I like that. Knock, knock, knock. That's downstairs if anyone's wondering what's happening. Who's at the door of the big bad wolf? So for me, it is morning routines. Establishing a better morning routine mm. is what I am going to try to do, especially in the month of March and April. That is a solid one. So moving on, the draft today is wing flavors. Wing flavors, and this is an odd episode, so you get to pick first. Oh, I love this. So for me, it is the classic Buffalo sauce. Mm, that is Man, a good pick. It's just classic. It's something that it, typically a good one is spicy enough, right? But it's not too spicy. Especially if you add the ranch, it's always uh, nice. Oh, the blue mm. cheese. My pick number one, I think I'm going to do the honey barbecue. Yeah, that was my, yeah. It's just it's a just, two classic. It's, in my opinion, it's like teriyaki, but just better. It's good. Honey barbecue is so solid. So for me, number two, though, it's an easy, easy honey old bay. Mm. And I only get it every once in a while, but every time I get it, it's one of those wing sauces. You're like, I should get this more. Ooh, that's solid. Yeah. So Honey Old Bay. Pick number two for me, I'm going to go with a garlic parm. Garlic parmesan. It's hard to beat that. That was my three. I figured it was. That's why I tried to grab it early. Gosh. All right. You know, sometimes on a draft, you have to pick yeah. the most valuable to you. And sometimes you have to pick what you think the other person's going to draft. Yeah. So. All right. So number three for me. Is a very similar to my number two, lemon pepper. Mm, that's a good one. It's what's it, I very rarely get it, but when I get it every time, like I need this more. Pick oh. number three for me is going to be the Asian zing. Ooh. Mm. It's like a sweet tie, but a little better. That. You haven't, I love it at B dubs or anywhere. So good. yeah. So I'm actually going outside the box a little bit with the wing. Okay. Of like a traditional like Buffalo Wild Wing or something. Teriyaki. Just like an Asian teriyaki wing, just classic. That, I don't, almost I like don't, a, I don't feel like that's outside the box. Almost I feel like, like a that's sweet a very normal teriyaki, one. though. Like a sweeter, you know. I feel like that's a very normal wing flavor. Yeah, like but not at like, all. I feel like you wouldn't get that at like a like a wooden iron or a traditional wing place. Yeah, but like a B Dubs or any place like that, you would. Okay. Most wing places. I don't know. For once, I think you're normal when you're trying to fight <laughs> me on it. All right, pick number four for me. You already took Buffalo, which was next on my list. I'm going to go with mango habanero. Oh, I don't know if I've ever had that. It is good. It's got a great heat to it. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Last one for me, and it's kind of a little bit of the same as, as your parm garlic, but it's a spicy garlic. Mm. Just because every once in a while, I like a good kick. That's fair. 
That's fair. I thought about a basic hot. I thought about also doing Caribbean jerk. Oh. But I'm going to go with a hot honey. I think hot honey is my number five. I know it's a little bit more of like a chicken than a wing, but I eat boneless, which are chicken nuggets. So I was I about think to say, counts. you eat chicken nuggets anyway. So all I think these it counts. Flavors. I can't believe you eat boneless. Why? I just, I don't know. They're just like people who eat boneless are just off a little bit. And I'm off a little bit. That makes sense. Fair enough. Fair How enough. many boneless wings could you crush in one sitting if you were hungry? Like you skip lunch and you're at dinner. Is it, I'm eating dinner and this is how many I would like to have or how many could I eat? If no, I could. Myself? Could you? Like a hot dog. 30 eating. something, 35, 40? I think that's fair. Yeah. It depends on how big they are, but like, yeah. I think it's fair. I'm assuming it's going to be a little bit of a grab bag, a little bit of a mix. Yeah, like Buffalo so. Wild Wings boneless. They're like yeah. tip like this big. Yeah, but the some are smaller there too. I think it's a fair number. Yeah, you agree. Right. <laughs> well, that was episode 11. I'll say on say uh it's been a little while since we've plugged ourselves so we're gonna try it again uh if you don't mind sharing with a few friends that would be awesome we're trying to to build an audience yeah keep doing this thing should we do a little uh subscriber giveaway or something we so oh i don't know if i was thinking for masters so so we might could do it sooner we are going to do some golf balls, some branded golf balls and some other things. And so we're, we're going to try to make something good. So we're going to have a good giveaway. But before then, just scratch that and pretend like we haven't told you that. And that's another kick coming and just share the goodness of your heart. Then maybe yes. we'll give you something sick. Yeah. Um, but you can always just tap the five stars. Boom. That'd tap be awesome. It. Tap the five stars. And then we are on socials at Undrafted Amateurs, if you don't mind giving us a follow there. So yeah. Follow the socials, baby. Follow the socials. Peace. Peace.